0: Why would God ask a prophet to marry an unfaithful woman? That's the question we're discussing today on the Hero of the Story presented by the Gospel Project. Thanks for joining us for today's episode of The Hero of the Story, a podcast to help you focus on the gospel in every area of your life and ministry. I'm Aaron Armstrong, brand manager of the Gospel Project, and with me as always is Brian Dembozik, our managing editor. So Brian, today we
1: are looking at what is actually one of my favorite books. You don't hear you don't hear many people claim A Minor Prophet as a favorite book.
0: No, no, but I'm a little bit weird that way. That's okay. um, I mean, I'm sure it has it, I'm sure it has something to do with me being a Gen Xer and grumpy <laughs> in the 90s. So, <laughs> but uh, we are looking at the book of Hosea today. So this is a book that I absolutely love. And I'm so grateful that we include this in the gospel project and especially in our kids material, because it is one that um, I, I don't think anyone ex- would would naturally expect to put in to put in a kid's curriculum.
1: Yeah, and it is challenging because of the subject matter, but it is, uh, it can be done and we strive to do it in a way that's age appropriate. And it's worth it because the, the main point here of God's unfailing love to us is so critical for kids and students and adults, of course, to hear. So that's why generally this is gonna be a part of the session plan of the Gospel Project pretty much in every cycle, I would imagine.
0: Yeah, I would think so. I would think so. Um, so, so let's uh, let's dig into this. Where does this book? Where does Hosea
1: fall in? In the Bible's overall narrative, yeah. So we're still in the middle of Israel's long-term, uh, ongoing rebellion against God. Um, which, by the way, that just it, it it affirms God's grace and mercy that it was such a long period of rebellion that that God would have had every right to make that a very short rebellion by dealing swiftly and strongly with his rebelling. Uh, idolatrous people, but he didn't. He gave them so many opportunities to repent. And that's why he sent so many prophets, including Hosea. So Hosea is sent to, again, the northern kingdom of Israel that just continuing to rebel, continuing to worship false gods, continuing to treat each other wrongly. And he sends Hosea with this really special message, this beautiful, uh, striking message to deliver to his people uh, again as another opportunity from the wake up and repent before judgment comes.
0: Right. And one of the things that makes this so beautiful is that um, really this book is is functions as a living parable yes it does um at least the at least the first portion of it does because one of the th- and we'll get to this in a, in a little bit but um one of the things that we do need to recognize is that the book itself is not is not strictly narrative that's just there is, there's a lot that goes on in this book. It has many chapters and has much to say, um, and much to say to the people of Israel. But it is striking just that God uses these different means to communicate to his people. Um, he doesn't just have someone saying, saying to, he doesn't just go to a prophet and say, go and tell the people this. He often with Hosea, he does this with Ezekiel as well. He says, show them this. And, and it's incredible to see.
1: Yeah. And this one, this one is, is perhaps the most striking.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, so let's just go through, through the real quick major beats of this, right? So God speaks to Hosea and he, and he says what to him?
1: Well, he basically tells him to go marry a woman who would be unfaithful, Um, an adulterous woman. Uh, Some people uh, would suggest that she was um, a prostitute. Um, We don't know if, Necessary? she was a prostitute or just somebody who was unfaithful to her, to her husband. Um, and that's, But that's what God called Hosea to do. Um, and so Hosea did. Uh, they had three children, but uh, the woman was unfaithful. Uh, eventually left Hosea, and then God told Hosea, go buy her back. Uh, go restore her to yourself. Go buy her back. And Hosea did that um, and purchased her back and, and says, now you need to stop being unfaithful. Let, be faithful to me. And, and that was kind of the major beats of the narrative portion of, of this book. So as we, as we think about this
0: book, what questions should we be asking?
1: Well, I, I think the first one is, is the most obvious. Why in the world would God command his prophet to marry a woman who was unfaithful. What? That doesn't seem like God. It doesn't seem like you know it was at the center of his heart. It seems like the center of God's heart would be for uh, for Hosea to marry a faithful woman and preserve uh, the beauty and sanctity of marriage and so forth. Why would he command him to do that? Um, and really, the answer is at the, the core of, of this book. This It's really why it's so beautiful, because God is going to use Hosea uh, and his marriage to Gomer. He's going to use them as this word picture of God's relationship with Israel, that God is going to be the faithful husband. Israel is the unfaithful wife who continually rebels against God, Who who commits spiritual adultery through idolatry, and yet God is going to be faithful and give them not only chances to come back, he's going to go after them and buy them back. And we know the way he bought them back ultimately would be through Christ. So, so that's why he he's telling Hosea to do so. And and again, this was very difficult for Hosea. We can't sterilize this. Can you imagine being Hosea and watching your wife do this? This was very very difficult for Hosea. But look at the greater purpose behind it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, and and this is the this is the thing that we do want to want to recognize is is that um, f- obeying God is costly. Mm. So, so for for Hosea, this would have been really for him to have a, a wife who is unfaithful the way the the Gomer was um, that he would have to buy actually have to buy back um, to bring her home at one at at, at least one point um, that would be shameful yes and so there are all kinds so it's it's just an intense um, intense intense situation so um, so we we do need to we do need to acknowledge that as we are um, are looking at that and and really one of the questions that ask, that we should be asking is would we be willing to obey the way that that Hosea obeyed because yeah. of that because if god can ask a prophet to do something like this what's to stop him from from asking us to do something that exactly. is going to be costly from a societal relational um any kind of perspective you can imagine.
1: Exactly. And, and you have to think, you know, again, Jose was a real person, to, uh, had real feelings and, and so forth, real thoughts. And, and as you just said, this had to have been so hard for him. And I'm sure there were times he, he, I shouldn't say I'm sure, but I would imagine there were times that he kind of asked, "What God, why are you having me do this? Uh, this is hard. Why? Why must I do this? But I would guarantee you now, Jose looks back and says, Yep, I, I'm I'm grateful that God used me in such a way. Uh, was it difficult? Yes, but I see His purpose in it. I understand, and I'm grateful. I would not have traded that, and, and that's my heart. Um, you know, I desire that for my own life. I desire it for for the life of my my wife and kids, uh, people in my church, every every believer, of course. That that we understand that life is difficult. God will call us to do things that is difficult at times. And yet what we want to do is we may not see why now, but at least ultimately in heaven, in eternity, we'll see the why. And I want to be able to stand there and say, I'm glad I was faithful. I see it. It was worth it. Instead of instead of trying to bail on earth and say, I want the easier path.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so there's one other question that we should be asking, and it and it is a tough one because um, there isn't necessarily a clear answer. Which is, would Hosea have been right to divorce Gomer?
1: Yeah, that's that's. This is an important question, and and if anybody is is teaching this passage, especially to adults and and students, perhaps. I think that the question of divorce would be um, easy to come up. If, if you as a leader do not broach this, I think it would be easy for a group member to ask. So I think we need to be ready for it. Um, I think there are two answers to that question. The first one is, yes, it would have been wrong because God commanded him to marry Gomer and stay faithful to her. So in, in, in Hosea's context, it would have been wrong. But if we want to say, is there a general principle here Kent, is Hosea, the book of Hosea, saying that divorce is wrong? That's where I'd have to say, no, 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 we, that's where we go too far. It was true of Hosea's instance, but not necessarily true of all instances. And this is where we'd have to bring in other passages, uh, the Matthew passages and so forth, to bear. There are other Old Testament passages that speak to the permissibility of divorce, Um and yet, even with all of this together, we have to be careful that this is one of those areas that I think I would be confident to say the majority position of evangelicals would be that divorce is permissible for um, unfaithfulness, um, adultery, if you will, and abandonment. Yeah. I, th- yes. I think that's the, the the majority position, but there are a number of good, godly, gospel-loving evangelicals who would say divorce is never appropriate. And there will be many who would say, no, divorce is appropriate for other reasons as well. Right. And so I think this is we have to have grace. And this is why you said there's no clear answer. We'd have to have grace um, and understand that this is an area where we can be united in disagreement.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So let's uh, let's talk about something that, that, Lord willing, we can all agree on, <laughs> uh, which is how this book points us to Jesus.
1: And there's so much. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the first one is you have that picture of God of Hosea buying back Gomer, paying a price to uh, to restore that relationship. And of course that, that points to the price of Christ laying down his life to buy back uh, people yeah. to the father. So you have that picture. Uh, you also have this picture of the faithful groom um, and the unfaithful bride, that the groom is pledged to this bride no matter what. Um, and just as, as Christ is the groom, married to the church the the uh the uh the bride and we are not always faithful in how we live mm-hmm. and so you ha- you have a lot of different um those bigger ideas that are clearly yeah. we see Jesus in this.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. His 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 restoration of her when she goes astray um and I mean all of this in and 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 really um there's a unspoken promise in this um, because it doesn't complete here. We don't really know what happens with her in the end, but we do know what, what Jesus is, um promises to do which is to present his bride as spotless and blameless on the day of judgment when when he returns to make all things new. Yeah. And so that is that's a it's a beautiful thing that we see and really it's this is one of those passages of scripture where it's hard to not see Jesus. Um you almost have to work really hard to not and
1: why would see you the do gospel that? at
0: work. Well, th- you mean work hard or work hard not to see <laughs> exactly. the gospel? Work hard not, to see,
1: <laughs> not working hard is a different story.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. All right, so um, so Brian, let's let's pick this up as uh, as we think about about this book from the perspective of a, of a, uh, an adult group leader or someone serving in children uh, in kids ministry or student ministry um, or or. You know, if we're engaged in one-on-one discipleship, what kind of guidance can we offer someone who's working through this passage with others?
1: Yeah, I think, let me speak from the perspective of, of kids' leaders, preschool kids, and even students' leaders. As we've talked about, this, the subject matter in this is sensitive. We're talking about a woman who was promiscuous. We're talking about sexual mm-hmm. um, adultery and, and so forth, sexual immorality. And, and that's not easy to talk uh, with kids Preschoolers, especially about, and even students. So, I think uh, we need to use uh, wisdom and discernment about how to articulate and how how vague we can be a little bit more vague in these. All we need to really get on on the radar for, especially those preschoolers, is that um, <laughs> that Hosea's wife. Was did not live the right way. She was not a proper. She did not honor her marriage relationship. Um, you know, she she made some serious mistakes as a wife. However, you want to phrase it, pray for pray for God to give you wisdom. Get um, get wisdom from other leaders that that teach your age group. For example, again, in the materials of the Gospel Project, we try to do this as as best we can and be age appropriate. But every group is different, um, and so. You, you want to think through that, pray through that. Um, by the time you're getting into student ministry, though, um, you probably want to deal a little bit more with the sin itself still in in sensitive, age-appropriate ways, um, and, and, and just to be wise about that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and I mean, really, that call to sensitivity is so important because no matter what age we're talking about there's going to be sensitivity there. I mean, if you're talking to, if you're talking to a teenager or to an adult, um, um, in particular, they'll have a different they and they've experienced divorce in some fashion in their lives, say a teenager, their parents have, have split up, which unfortunately is, um, many teenagers these days. Um, or, You know, or as or as an adult, um, that individual may have may have gone through a divorce. Um, We we need to be really careful and really sensitive about how we speak to this um, in that context as well. What we want to avoid is unnecessary condemnation. And so um, and there is a difference between condemnation and conviction, Um, and so we can, we can lean too hard into almost, almost too hard into Gomer and ignore Hosea, um, and ignore the faithfulness, uh, of him and how he shows us Jesus's faithfulness to us. Um, one of the other things that we, we need to also remember, and, and, uh, and this is a key thing is we need to, we we need to be careful that we don't overlook the oracles that are in this book, which is basically everything after chapter three. Um, so, if you think about those first three chapters, I, I mentioned this before. Think if you think about them as a real life parable, the remaining chapters are where God sets about explaining what this parable means to the people. He puts he's he is essentially saying, "Okay, Israel, you are behaving." You are behaving like Gomer has has behaved. This is you. And I am the faithful husband who is coming to you and rescuing you and redeeming you. Stop running from me. And um, and it's it's very much like that rare time when Jesus actually explains one of his parables. <laughs> um, and and so it's a it's a beautiful thing there. We get to see the consistency of God in um, in this. So um, so those are those are some pretty incredible
1: things there. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, So, Brian, is there anything else that um, that you think that would be wise counsel for anyone who is is working their way through this book?
1: Well, again, I I, just to restate it, because I, I don't think we can state it strongly enough. Just just keep the big point, the main point here, the big picture in, in mind as we work through it or as you teach it, whatever the case may be, that, that Jesus is the faithful husband who rescues his bride and will make her holy. That, um, that's the picture that we have here. That's why it's, it's worth the headache, perhaps, of trying to figure out how to, how to communicate this to preschoolers or, or kids or students or even adults. You know, how do we, um, you know, why is it worth the risk of bringing up this sensitive subject to men and women in our, in our group, who may uh, be undergoing divorce or have it in their background, or you know, why why is it worth it? Well, that's why it's worth it. Think about that message. Think about how important it is. Think about um, think about how we all need to hear that and understand that Jesus is faithful to us, even if we do not live faithfully to Him, and He will make us holy. Uh, we are holy now by position, but we will be holy in how we live when he returns. And so that message is so glorious, it's worth the effort to get to it.
0: All right, Brian, that's a great place for us to wrap up this conversation around Hosea. Um, listeners, thanks for hanging in there with us today. Uh, we hope it has been helpful for you. I know it's been helpful for me. Um, so, uh if you have enjoyed this episode, um, please do leave a sincere five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you, you use to listen to this show. Thanks for listening. And of course, for more resources to help you focus your ministry on the gospel, please visit gospelproject.com.